ABC's a Greek. Oh, the ABC's a Greek. The ABC's a Greek. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the ABCs of Greek. I'm Thomas. I'm Erin. And I'm Jacqueline. And this is a podcast where we recap the ABC Family original series Greek episode by episode. Hello, you guys. We are back with another very special episode, finishing out our break. Um, we have a couple of like announcements, I guess, before we get started. So the reason we haven't been as consistent with our episodes is because I'm not sure if you guys know, but there is a actor strike and a writer strike happening in Hollywood right now. So when we would normally have our guests on during our break between seasons and mid seasons, we can't have any former cast members because it's actually a rule of the strike that no SAG members are allowed to promote past or current work. So they can appear on podcasts. And that is the reason that we haven't had anybody on these last couple of weeks. It's a bummer, but it's definitely for good reason. They're fighting for, you know, really admirable and really necessary change. So we can link a couple of places that you can donate or find more information about the writer strike and the um, actor strike because people are running out of money and their health insurance and you know, things that are necessary to help them kind of survive this period of time. So if you want to help out, we will put some links in our bio for that. But going forward, because we only have 10 episodes left of this season and the fourth season is only 10 episodes, we are going to switch to a uh, week on week off schedule. So I guess bi-weekly is that what we would call it. Yeah basically um so we won't we'll have this episode come out and then we won't have an episode then we'll start back have an episode no episode and I know that's annoying but that's the only way we can kind of prolong this till we're able to get guests back on and we don't just breeze through the rest of the show kind of a bummer but you know again I think necessary and hopefully it all gets resolved soon and they get everything that they're asking for so yeah let's get started today we are recapping Sydney White, which was one of our options for a movie recap. I was really excited about this one. Yeah, I think it was um, the runner up, right? I think so. Or it did get a lot of votes, which was it surprising. Got a lot of votes. Oh, also, sorry, I didn't mention this. Aaron will not. <laughs> I didn't mention it, which is her worst fear <laughs> is not noticing. <laughs> um, Aaron has some kind of medical marvel disease. <laughs> something has stricken her she has lost her voice she has eaten the poisoned apple and she think of anything worse yeah a podcast happening to the chatty girl than this i know i truly can't think of anything worse it makes me sad i want to hear your voice i don't remember what it sounds like anymore (laughs) and i'm beginning to to forget everybody will have to go back and listen to all our episodes It's like when you have a stuffy nose and you forget what it's like to breathe. (laughs) So Erin will be popping in um, via raised (laughs) hand emoji on her Zoom, but she she won't be like recapping a portion because it's hard on her voice, but she will be able to give her two cents and we will include it. So yeah, so we are recapping Sydney White. It was one of the contenders and I feel like a lot of people don't really know about this movie. It's kind of a... A hidden gem, if you could call it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a sleeper hit. Sleeper hit. And of course, it is of our era, 2007. It premiered in theaters on 
September 21st, 2007. I feel like it's funny watching movies like this now because like this would have been a direct to like Netflix or like this would have never had a theatrical release. Totally. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm so glad it, it did because I know I saw this in theaters and I, I watched this movie like once a year. <laughs> I'm the only person keeping it on streaming. I mean, it's an insane film. Like it's, it is camp, okay? It's camp at its finest. It's insane and I love it. But yes, it was released September 21st, 2007. It was written by Chad Gomez Creasy and directed by Joe Nussbaum. The IMDb summary is a modern retelling of Snow White set against students in their freshman year of college in the Greek system. And we are keeping with the Sarah Paxton universe here because Sarah was starring in this right after the hit that was Aquamarine. Yeah, it's Sarah's world, and we're all just living in it, honestly. It's actually really impressive. Like, she wrapped filming on, uh, what's it called, Aquamarine, and got right to it. And this character she plays is the polar opposite of Aqua. Okay, yes, but I will say... You know, in the beginning when Aqua was like kind of like evil or not evil, but like kind of like, like, yes, devious is the right word. Thank you, Thomas. When she's kind of devious, like she does that a lot. She does a really good like arched eyebrow. She does. So yes. And I have a couple of fun facts about the movie. Not as many as Aquamarine because I don't think it's as technically intricate as Aquamarine was to make. But these uh, facts come to us from famousfix.com. Very reputable site I'm guessing and one of them is each one of the dorks the dorks sorry god that's a really hard word to say I don't say it often (laughs) um each one of the dorks is a dwarf so the guys that are in the movie Lenny is sneezy Terrence is doc Jeremy is bashful Gherkin is grumpy Spanky is happy Mbele is sleepy and George is dopey so I feel like it's important to know that out of the gate because I did not know some of them yes Aaron I looked it up after and it Mm -hmm. was not they didn't correlate the way I thought I know I didn't I would think George would be happy but it makes sense that he's dopey I guess I thought Lenny was gonna be bashful because there's a part where I thought he's bashful yeah he is a bit bashful I'll bring it up when it comes oh I guess yeah but then Jeremy doesn't talk yeah Um, So it was filmed in Winter Park, Florida at Rollins College, which I guess makes sense because there are scenes where they're at like a lake or something. And I was very confused. I thought maybe it was like South Carolina. It does feel very Southern. Um, And then most of the extras were actually students who stayed on the campus because it was shot during spring break. And then Dinky in the movie, the character Dinky, her full name is Demetria Rosemead. And it's supposed to be like a play on Snow White, like Snow White's sister, I guess. I guess Snow White had a sister in the original story. What? And Snow White's sister is named Rose Red. And this, take it up with famousfix.com. But (laughs) they they say that Rose Red was as fair as Snow White was dark. I don't know what that means, really. But yeah. Oh, maybe like hair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she was like blonde and pale and yeah, yeah, I don't know. Very interesting kind of correlations there. And there are some things in the movie that they like do obviously explicitly to have it line up with the with the story of Snow White. Yeah. All right. Shall we dive in? Yeah, go ahead. 
that didn't work as well as when we were recapping Aqua, but I know. nonetheless. Well, there wasn't as many fun facts here, really. <laughs> I did look. I know. I believe you. Um, so the movie opens on a construction site and all the construction workers are passing around this card and signing it. And we're not really sure what the card is for, but then we see one of the construction workers approach someone who is working under a table. Like we can only see their legs and the construction worker hands them the card. And it turns out this person is Amanda Bynes, AKA Sydney White. And this card is a congratulations card. It's cute. All the construction workers got her a card and a gift and she opens it. She's just graduated high school. Yes. She just graduated high school. She's going to college. So this gift is very fitting. It's a MacBook laptop, which notice the parallels. It's an Apple product, (laughs) which took me a while to like notice that. I'm not proud of that. This was your first time watching this, right, Thomas? Yes, I've seen. So I remember like seeing it on TV, like scenes from it, but I've never watched it all the way through before. Erin, you've seen it? Yeah, I think I saw it in theaters. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to, but I remember in eighth grade, like some of the popular kids got to see it and I was like kind of jealous. Wait, was it was it rated PG-13? I don't know. I would think that there, yeah. The frat- I guess they use the word bitch. <laughs> and the scene <laughs> in the frat party. Oh. Yeah, and I think yeah. some of like the innuendo. Right. Her dad works at the construction site and he's the one who gives her the laptop and he also has amazing highlights did y'all notice that yeah he's hot <laughs> and, and I, I think hot. that that might have been the only reason why it was kids <laughs> <laughs> if anyone couldn't hear that Erin said that she thinks that was the only reason he was cast and I would agree yeah so Sydney starts saying goodbye to her construction friends and it's really cute like she's really close with them one of them gives her like this massive hug yeah like it's sweet you can tell she's very well liked so now we have this little voiceover moment where Sydney's talking about how she was raised by construction workers and this is all kind of giving us more context to the scene prior and then there's like this flashback of all the men catcalling a woman which is gross and then Sydney catcalls like a boy that's her age. She's like, you know the saying that you were raised by wolves? Well, I was raised by construction workers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like Amanda Bynes is also just so likable. Like hearing her voice is so comforting to me. I keep thinking that through, I like thought that throughout the whole movie because I'm like, okay, obviously this maybe is like trash. Like I'm not, I don't think I'm offending anyone by saying that. But she's just such a good comedic actress. Like she is funny. Like even if it's the dumbest thing ever, she's so like, she's so good. It has such good comedic timing and she's so good at like physical comedy. Yeah. I know. Wow. I really miss her. Also, she's always playing it like a character from a broken home. Yeah. Like, even in Moody's Point, when her mom was missing in the hot air balloon. I have a really fun fact about Moody's Point. What is that? I know it. You do? It is a fun fact. The high school they show in the beginning of the clip, it was my high school. (gasps) No. So every time they did the Moody's Point skit, they, like, like showed a picture of my high school and then, like, yeah. I loved Moody's Point. I just loved the Amanda show. I know, same. I love the Amanda. She's just so good. Everything she was in, 
good. All that. Oh my God. Dear Ashley, that's me. And what a girl wants. Also Uh, a broken home. Oh my God. Also a broken home. Yeah. We should recap what a girl wants. That fun fact sounds like something Thomas would have said. Yeah. I went to high school with Amanda (laughs) Bynes. So, yeah. So she. Amanda Bynes is just incredibly likable. Um, we immediately fall in love with her character. And we also learn here that her mom died when she was nine. And so then like, it goes from very dramatic to like kind of a funny scene where her dad's trying to like give her sex ed using plumbing devices. And he's a, he's a plumber, we find out. Yeah, yeah. So he's like a handyman, plumber, construction guy. And then Sydney is now packing for college and she put puts a picture of her and her mom in her suitcase and then we see her grab this box which we'll learn about in just a little bit so she and her dad are at the bus stop and we find out that the school she's going to was her mom's school and that she also plans to join her mom's sorority and the school that she's going to is called southern atlantic university which i that looked makes at no that. Sense. it's combining multiple regions does the I Atlantic guess, Ocean? I guess Florida. Yes, it does. <laughs> Florida. Okay. Florida would. I guess if they shot it in Florida, that would kind of make sense. Like if they were, maybe it was supposed At to be the whole East Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's not what you think about when you think of the South, the ocean. True. Like it does kind of sound like a real school name, and I even to look it up to see if it was real, but there was nothing. There was like a Southeastern University. I feel like I pictured it being in like South Carolina. Or and now they know Georgia. Talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that she's getting on a bus to school. I know she is fuck? like super humble, and like we're seeing that like with her humble <laughs> beginnings. She has this is what she's bringing with her: a backpack, a duffel bag, and one large case. Not a yeah. Yes, it's a suitcase, but it's like an old timey suitcase. It's like a box filled with like letters. Jacqueline. You look so much like Amanda Bynes in this movie. Okay, thank you. Because oh, I, I can see that. You tell me that because of the brown hair. I got a cup, not a lot of people, but a few people said that to me but, once. But her cute, her button nose. Thank you. That's such it, a nice compliment. You look so much. And there's one scene where she's making these faces that you always make. I'll point it out. But in, in this, she was getting on the bus. I was like, that's my friend Jacqueline. Thank you so much. Aww. The wig is terrible, but she does look good as a brunette. That wig is so yeah. awful. I don't know yeah. what she was filming at the time that they did a wig instead of just dyeing her hair brown, or maybe she just didn't want to dye it, but like. Oh, maybe it was hairspray. No, I imagine she was hairspray wearing wigs was like in that. way later. I thought hairspray also came out in 2007. No. It came I out thought hairspray we came out in like 20, school. like 11. You were in middle school. Really? <laughs> oh. okay, or maybe so was it... her hair was really blonde in that yeah I'm thinking either hairspray or easy a but I think easy a was later oh maybe that's what I'm thinking of because she had the same hair in easy a uh, yeah because we were in high school with easy a interesting yeah because I feel like her hair was not I mean it was never that dark as it is in this movie but like it was close enough to brown where it wouldn't have been a big deal if they had dyed it but maybe yeah she oh. was really blonde for hairspray Yeah, the wig is, like, a bit distracting. It's really distracting because they keep doing this thing where they have, like, those front pieces pulled out. And it it doesn't look like real hair. I feel like you can get a good wig. Like, 
in Friends, Phoebe wears a wig for like the last six seasons. Oh, I would not have even guessed that. Once you know, now you can tell kind of, but she's wearing a wig for like a a majority of the seasons. I really feel like a bad wig can like almost ruin a movie. It's really, really distracting in this movie. Um, so Sydney opens this box on the bus and there's a letter inside. And the letter says open before college or like for college. Because uh for when Sydney goes to college. Oh, cute. Yeah. And her mom wrote her this letter and included like memories and photos of her and her sorority sisters. And like they're in very specific locations on campus. And Sydney's taking it all in. And her mom also says that the friends that Sydney will meet in college will be her friends for life. And she also gives her the Kappa Phi new pin. I was when I was watching this, I I was actually sick, but I started crying. <laughs> I know. It is truly oh, like sad. Yeah. It was I really know. sad. Like thinking of the mom writing that, knowing she was gonna die. That broke my heart. And like her mom just being like, I want you to like make friends and have a great time like I did. Yeah. So that's how we know it's so important for Sydney, like why it's so important for Sydney to get into sorority because yeah. her mom really like had a great experience yeah and sydney's already making all these like positive associations with joining a sorority and like what her memories will become right okay so now we're at sau and we <laughs> see sarah paxton aka aquamarine driving That's a red convertible AKA rachel witchburn <laughs> Yeah, she's driving a red convertible with the license plate Kappa 1 or Kappa I? I think it's Kappa 1. Kappa 1. And we learn that from the parking spot that her name is Rachel Witchburn and she is the president of Kappa Phi Nu. And she walks into her room. It is gorgeous. It is incredible. We can tell she has money. And she approaches her computer. Her monitor is bedazzled. And she like turns it on and on it is the hot or not list for their campus, which is very problematic. Shout out Zuckerberg. Oh yeah, this God. is very early Facebook, late MySpace. It is. Did like, did the creators of this movie basically invent Facebook? I think it had already. <laughs> yeah, actually, you're probably right. It probably was already in its like beta stages. It was a group effort. It was a group effort. Rachel Witchburn was involved. This movie was actually produced by the Winklevoss twins. <laughs> but who I've seen on Raya. <laughs> How Ooh. old are they? I don't know, like 40 something. Stop. <laughs> oh, ne- my never God. got a like back. He likes the wink. Which which Winklevoss was it? Was it one or both? I think Tyler. Is that one of them? I don't know their names. I don't know why I asked. <laughs> I just know that they were both played by Army Hammer. Yeah. Yeah, I know that too. Leo of Gemini. Anyway, sorry. All good. No, that's an important note. Uh so she sees Rachel sees that she's number one and she says, still fairest of them all. So it's basically the magic mirror from Snow White, uh, but like in 2007. So now we see Sydney approaching like her dorm room 
with her humble suitcases and it's really sad she's all alone but all the other girls are with their parents and she walks into her dorm room and her roommate is this southern girl and I at first like was having trouble hearing I thought she said her name was stinky but her <laughs> name is actually dinky I don't know if that's much better but it's well, and then- and then uh, Sydney is like so taken aback. She's like, Dinky and Dinky, Demetria Rosebud. And she's like, <laughs> yes. Dinky it is. <laughs> and Dinky already knows that Sydney is a Kappa legacy. And she, Dinky herself, is also a Kappa legacy. And she's so excited, yes. but like Sydney's just confused. Aaron? Um, Dinky is really giving um, Taylor Swift TS1. Totally. She is. I also just looked up the actress who plays her and she was in a movie with Zac Efron in 2005 called The Derby Stallion. <laughs> Never ever heard of that. I think that was pre-high school musical. Also, Dinky says all the women in her family are Kappas and she shows Sydney her Barbie who is wearing a Kappa sweater, which is cute. And Dinky, Dinky is like basically ready. Like She's like a it's as though she's hired a rush coach. Uh, if you watch the Bama, Ru- Bama Rush doc, like she has all her outfits picked out. And she's asking Sydney about her outfits, but Sydney has no outfits picked out. And Sydney starts pulling out her clothes that she did bring, but like Dinky is not impressed. And she's saying, oh, you can't wear that. And she doesn't have any dresses. She's like, maybe I have like a skirt. Yeah. And we also learn here that one of, Sydney's suitcases like one of her few suitcases is completely dedicated to like a comic book collection not one of her few one of her two (laughs) she has two suitcases and a backpack and one of the two suitcases is just stuffed with comic books yeah okay that's insane like that's not even gonna last you a full week I I have traveled less light for weekend trips <laughs> same like, where are her sh- well we find out where her shoes are not there yeah i've traveled like less light for like a one night trip it makes no i mean what sheets are is she gonna put on the the dorm bed her comic books obviously I neglect <laughs> yeah she has to like open the comic books and like cover herself with them to sleep at night <laughs> so dinky sees this and she offers a dress for sydney to wear and sydney says i've never had a lot of girlfriends before dinky says not just girlfriends we're sisters and i really think like amanda Bynes is so incredibly likable i think if any other i mean not if any other person played this role but i do think like she really sells the role like, I think it would be hard to like someone else in this role. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, because it is essentially Jordan. And like, that's what no I was hate, thinking. No, no hate to the actress that plays Jordan at all. But like, it takes a lot to be like still somewhat likable in a role that like is essentially like, I'm not like other girls every five seconds. I know. Oh, I feel yeah. like the difference is Jordan looks down on women. That's true. He just doesn't mm-hmm. understand as well how to make connections. That's in the hierarchy of the like. Yeah, Sydney just hasn't sorry. had those relationships. It's not that she doesn't want them. Yeah. Yeah, 
Sydney, Sydney, not Cindy. Sydney seems to be coming at this a little bit more innocently than Jordan. If we're going to compare the two, now we see the band practicing on the lawn, and Rachel Witchburn rides the like through the middle of them on like this glorified golf cart. It is like, like a, a Hummer seat. golf cart. Yes, yeah, like a Hummer golf cart. It is honestly looks pretty cool, and we it's also like learn Corella Deville in her car, like. Even seriously, like she almost runs a band member over. And this is where we also learn that she's student council president because she pulls into her designated parking spot. This girl has designated parking spots all over campus. She really does. She. When does she have the time? Honestly, like she's full-time evil. And then she's also president of Kappa. And she's president of the school government. Like, that's a lot. <laughs> it is. Oh, my gosh. And so she is now, like, hosting the student council meeting. And she welcomes Tyler Prince, president of the Theta Omega Rho fraternity. Theta. Theta. Oh, oh Beta, Beta Omega. Beta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, got it. Sorry about that. Um, Beta Omega Rose. And, oh, my God. Um, I was watching this and... Jason was like, that guy looks like Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> he does. kind of does. Wait. Yeah, I was I thought he looked really familiar. And I thought I was like, just I've just seen this movie too many times. He does look like Pete. Like a hotter, taller Pete. But he's not that tall. Yeah, he's like um, he's like your campus president, Pete Buttigieg, if you will. He's a very typically good looking guy, like in a way that like is slightly off-putting almost like too yeah. again he that he was cast the same reason the dad was cast <laughs> right and that's yeah. not the reason <laughs> yeah I don't want to like I don't want to shit on their acting too much but like the male actors in this movie like the male leads other than I guess like the vortex guys like they're not really bringing it yes I know they you know they don't shine but they don't need to because Amanda does Exactly. They're there merely to like be in her orbit. Mm-hmm. And also Rachel shines so much too. Mm-hmm. And Dinky. And Dinky. We must not forget. Sarah Paxton was amazing. And I think she should actually, you know what? This character is very similar to her character in Sleepover, which I don't know about you guys, but I'd also love to revisit. Oh my God. I almost forgot that she plays like a similar character in Sleepover. So she welcomes Tyler and she says, Tyler is here to talk about an exciting opportunity. And when she says this, she whips out like a miniature version of this dilapidated house that we learn is called the Vortex, where, quote, she says, freaks live. And the rest of student council is not impressed. Like the extras are like all giving these like really like disgusted looks. And then really quickly, she whips out another miniature version of like this mall looking building. And it's called the Witchburn. Yeah, it's like a convention center called the Witchburn Prince Greek Life Center that their parents are funding together. And the administration is saying a priority is a priority. And she just like smashes the vortex with it. It would never fit on that size lot. The dimensions. Uh, No. one-to-one on those models no it was like full meet the robinsons like futuristic but this did remind me of like a chambers 
like a Chambers International Franny. I mean, Rachel is kind of like Franny, but a lot worse. I think had Franny gone unchecked any longer, like really the foil to Franny is basically the same as like Sydney. Sydney is to Rachel what Casey and Ashley are to Franny. Had had the power gone unchecked any longer, I think it's what Franny was capable of. World domination. Yeah. I mean, if CRU had a hot or not list. Oh, God. That would have been dark. I, at this point in the movie, because I haven't seen like this part really ever, I thought that Tyler and Rachel were dating. But then after the meeting ends, we see Tyler getting another girl's number. And Rachel approaches Tyler and says, this is ridiculous. You need to stop this nonsense and come back to me. And we learn here that Rachel dumped Tyler in middle school. And she says it's because she thought she was going to be marrying a backstreet boy. And he says, oh, you still could. So it's well, like. Well, he says it snarkily. He, like, snarkily, <laughs> that works. <laughs> he says it like, he's like, he's like, well, you still could. Like, he's not interested in her, clearly. And she's kind of like, we're back. Yeah. And I think she's into him, but also she's like into like what their families could do together. Yeah, but. She wants him because he's hot and rich. I was just going to say something with like Franny and Rachel is I'm surprised by like this type of girl who is so open about going after guys who aren't interested in them. Because yeah. I would yeah. think that that would be a deterrent. Right. Like, yeah. thing. I like guess that seems hard. to be where their pride, like right. the line ends. Or maybe they're just so narcissistic that they don't believe that anyone would actually not want them. That's a good point. That would that would make sense. And it's almost like, yeah, Rachel is almost treating it as though it's like obvious that he's going to come back to her at some point. Then Tyler leaves to pick up the keg. And Rachel's like, well, uh, I have to leave too. And like, clearly she doesn't have anywhere to be. But I feel like she does because... She- Again, she's busy. They both are. Well, no, he's not on student council, I guess. He's just has 101 things to do. Yeah. Yeah, because they're like getting ready for Rush, effectively. Now we see Sydney and Dinky walking. They're like on their way to the sorority house. And Sydney looks really uncomfy. Uh, But she's like, everyone's going to like me for who I am. And Dinky's like, yeah, sure. And then because she, she's like, I'm so... Because what happens was, is like Sydney's walking... And Dinky says, I, I'm so sorry that we aren't the same shoe size because Sydney is wearing a dress. It's like a little bit short because Dinky is this tiny little thing. And then we, they pan down to her feet and she's just wearing gray, worn, like Converse. And that's when wow. Sydney is like, it's fine. Everyone will like me who I am, for who I am anyway. And Dinky's like, bestie. Bestie, no. <laughs> So the betas are also being creepy here and they're like spying. There's like this guy spying on girls with binoculars. And then uh, this same guy, he like spies someone sleeping on the ground and he says vortex freak show. And they're like, oh, they're playing with puppets and lightsabers. And then they like target one of the vortex guys and they throw a football at him. But Sydney catches it like right in front of his face and she's like, are you okay? But he like panics and freaks out and runs into a building. 
once I think he runs into the vortex oh yeah he runs into the vortex and the vortex is like kind of cool like from the outside it looks like a little storybook house like it looks like the little like Snow White and the Seven Dwarf house like it's very like storybook vibes charming Mm-hmm. into the vortex is making me think of that Allie and aj song into the rush oh they played my that gosh in. they should have added more Allie and aj to the soundtrack that's really what this movie was missing then sydney this is great she like chucks the football at that frat bro and tyler is charmed in all caps he's like do you realize that's the tight end and she's like well i hope he's the second string lol well, I feel like Sydney and Tyler's entire relationship is like, do you ever see those things that are like men just really want to date a bro? Like, <laughs> like yeah, it's literally like the encapsulation of that meme. Like, he's always like, you know what a hammer is? <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, Tyler, do you want to date guys? Like, everything you like about Sydney is the fact that she's like masculine. Like, he doesn't even her personality yeah that they like essentially like he she's like the mirror of him sort of yeah she's just him with like a brown a long brown wig (laughs) (laughs) so tyler introduces himself they shake hands for like a really long time and they have a moment it's like they're this this kind of recurring theme for them is like they're kind of like awkward around each other which is it's cute and he's like a junior and she's supposed to be obviously a freshman yeah yeah and dinky is really excited about this like for sydney because dinky is a woman who supports other women and she (laughs) is like i'm gonna invite tyler to walk with us so she invites him to like walk them to the sorority house well she's like you should show us around we're lost we don't know where the kappa house is oh yes her southern charm and Tyler's like going to give them a tour. So he starts talking about all the houses and he says that the gamma pies are perky. And it's like, we're kind of like, we're shown the gamma pies on campus and they're like all running around and like decorating. And then Pi Beta Omega, he says they party a lot. So like they're all laying on the ground hungover. And then Sydney asks about the first house, which Tyler explains is the Vortex. And it started as an overflow student housing, but he says now it's kind of just there. And then they stop at Kappa Phi Nu, which is immaculate. So this is the sorority where Sydney's mother was a member and Rachel is currently president, Rachel Witchburn. So Sydney gets emotional immediately when she sees this house. And then Dinky leaves Sydney and Tyler alone in front of the house. And Tyler's like, are you really joining the Illegally Blondes? And says that the Kappas are intense. And this is where Sydney explains that she's a legacy. And he's like, oh, is she all over you about rushing? Like, is your mom like pressuring you to rush? And she says, no, she died nine years ago. <laughs> and then he's like you know the kappas could use a girl like you like they're our sister sorority and based it- on the fact that she's brunette can throw a football and has a dead mom <laughs> like that's the three things he like knows about her perfect 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 
and Sydney gets excited. She's like, oh my gosh, we'd be brothers and sisters. But then like she gets nervous and starts like rambling because she realizes that's kind of an awkward thing to say to someone you're flirting with. And while this is happening, Rachel's watching from the window. Oh my God, you're right. She's spying. And she's not happy. Yeah, gosh, now that I like have seen this movie, I can't imagine any other person playing Rachel. Like Sarah Paxton is perfect for this role. Yeah. So inside the Kappa house, Rachel's giving a pep talk to the active saying, what is our objective? And the girls say, target cute pledges. And then she says, what do we want to avoid? And I'm quoting them. They say, quote, fat losers, end quote. Thomas just said that. That wasn't a quote. I was, I want to make that explicit that that was not me saying that. I I know. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? Like, in what world would this? bad. Like, we can already tell she is pure evil, if we haven't learned that already. And she says, remember the code. If you take a girl to the koi pond, that means you have to ditch her. Like, that's basically what they do if they're not interested in someone. Yeah, like, if they introduce a girl to her. And yes. she says, take it to the, take them to the koi pond. It means get rid of her. <laughs> take her take to- it to the koi pond. <laughs> I mean, her. Yes. And this is where Rachel also says, like, she announces Sydney and Dinky's names. And she says, if you meet them, find me immediately. And then they all start singing this creepy Kappa chant song. Not that different from some of our chants. I was going to say that actually is the single most accurate part of this. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's dark. So Rachel stops one of their actives named Amy and says, you've been reassigned to kitchen duty because she gained weight after her breakup. Oh gosh, Rachel's just awful. Rachel is a rampant fat, like fat phobe. Like she like can't stop saying hateful things to everyone around her yeah she's so uh, aggressively mean and like harsh and rude about everyone else's appearance which we'll also learn in just a bit yeah we get the vibe immediately kappa is an appearance-based house they do not care about what's on the inside it is solely what's on the outside they don't care if you can catch a football they don't (laughs) care if you what else did he know about her have a dead mom if you have brown hair (laughs) <laughs> they actually hate it if you have brown hair <laughs> no one else there the the girl that she calls fat is like slightly less blonde than the others and it's like incredibly noticeable yeah. and then everyone else is like bleach blonde and I think she's also wearing a wig mm-hmm. oh yeah I didn't really look I thought her hair looked pretty good that wig I that wig I really noticed well maybe that's like maybe I don't have good wig dar you notice the Sarah Paxton wig more than the Amanda wig I didn't even notice the Sarah Sarah wig oh you're not you're saying um the girl who plays Amy yes the girl who plays Amy yes and she's kind of a small part yeah Um, but you didn't notice the, the Amanda wig is crazy Thomas her part is like above her eyebrow I did. I thought her hair looked a bit strange, but I didn't realize it was a full-on wig. Like, now it's making a lot more sense. Yeah, they always, like, every hairstyle leaves, like, two giant chunks in the front of her face out. Like, it's not even just, like, two strands of hair framing her face. It's, like, these two big chunks, because I'm guessing the wig looked like you couldn't pull her hair back. Yeah. Why not just leave it down for everything? Yeah, I imagine they're probably like they're probably like trying to cover the wig cap or something. Or just get a better wig, really. Yeah. 
So the pledges walk in and Sydney looks nervous, understandably so. So now Sydney's talking to an active who is talking all about how she got pinned by her boyfriend. And Sydney's confused. She's like, pin you to what? And like, she's not really buying into all this. Like Sydney is very genuine. Like she's, she's not trying to be anyone but herself here. And she's genuinely confused as well. Then Sydney walks outside and sees this cute bench in the backyard with flowers. And she immediately recognizes it from her mom's pictures. And she sits on it. And then Katie and Christy, who are like Rachel's minions, approach her. And when Sydney tells them, her name they're like oh you're a legacy Rachel's gonna be so excited like let's bring you to Rachel and they take her to Rachel and Rachel before even learning her name goes koi pond uh but goes, they're like, girls why don't you show this one to the koi pond <laughs> immediately uh Sydney goes I love koi ponds <laughs> it's cute but then they're like no she's a legacy um, and that's when Rachel turns really fake nice and Rachel tells Katie to take her to the refreshment table so that basically they can get Sydney out of the way and Rachel could have a moment with her minions. Mm-hmm. And Rachel tells Christy that Sydney is not Kappa material. She doesn't like her style and she saw her throwing herself at Tyler. We don't want a Kappa behaving like that. And meanwhile, like Sydney's eating like this fake flower and then she realizes it's like it's not food so she throws it and it lands in a girl's hair and this girl like does not even notice um but it's cute and christy's like well she has to get a bid because she's a legacy and rachel says well her mom gets her the bid but then she has to survive pledging all on her own dun 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 okay so now it's nighttime at the kappa house it's a different day i'm pretty sure it's like midnight like they've gotten, ex- everybody's gotten accepted into Kappa. That's going to be a pledge. Got it. And so some of the girls are talking about Tyler and Sydney's like, oh, he's nice. And the girls are like, um, no, he's off limits. He's Rachel's boyfriend. They then explain, but they're like that Rachel and Tyler are off right now. But it's part of Rachel's 20 year plan for her to be a litigator and Tyler to be a senator. <laughs> Very Evan and Casey coded. It is. And Sydney kind of scoffs at this and she kind of like makes fun of the idea of having a 20 year plan because honestly, having a 20 year plan in college is kind of outrageous. She says nothing sexier than a 20 year plan. Am I right? And nobody laughs. The girls are like, uh, no, that's the sexiest thing ever. And the girls start then grilling Sydney about what her dad does. And the girls, so she's like, Sydney kind of like talks about like a little bit about where her dad does. And the girls immediately are like, oh, he's a developer. And she doesn't really want to like have to fully explain that he's like a plumber slash handyman. And she's like, sure. She just, she says first, she's like, he works on construction sites mostly. And that's when the girl's like, oh my God, my uncle's also a developer. Sydney just is kind of like, yeah like she doesn't really like say like she doesn't say like that's what he does but she also doesn't really she doesn't say he's a plumber yeah so she doesn't really disclose this here and that's an important fact for later on and so now all the pledges are sleeping in sleeping bags in the living room and this was so weird yeah they're sharing pillows 
<laughs> I know. Some of them are sleeping too. like like head to head, and one is on the one side of the pillow. Like, sorry, I move way too much to not have my own pillow. Yeah, it's weird. The actives are singing this creepy lullaby that ends in like a whisper, like a very pretty little liars esque whisper, and. Rachel ominously closes the door and then Sydney, it's like silent. And she goes, has anyone found the koi pond? So then like literally like three seconds later, Rachel enters with a blowhorn followed by the They're all supposed to have been asleep for a while. Oh, got it. Yeah. So three seconds later in like the movie, but in reality, it's been like a couple hours. Uh, So they wake up all the pledges and the actives are carrying like these confetti cannons they welcome to hell bitches <laughs> yeah that's what she says I was trying to remember what she says here and uh that's when Rachel like she kind of starts shouting at them like she's a commander and she says you know they're about to start pledge enlightenment because they can't call it hazing after what happened to Susie I'm like what happened to Susie so their first assignment is the date dash they have until 12 15 to find a date and meet at the diner and Rachel also tells them that they can't wear makeup, brush their hair or teeth or like get ready at all. Like they have to just find a date. I think it's like midnight right now. So they have 15 minutes and the pledges run out of the house and they all seem to be finding guys like very quickly. And Sydney and Dinky are panicking. Sydney's like, what do we do? And then Dinky just grabs some random guy. So Sydney's all alone. And then I would have not. I would have dropped. Yeah, that's where I would have just gone home. I couldn't I even find a date to our formals that we knew about before we even started school. We had the date for those. So yeah. how would I find a date in 15 minutes? I, uh, Jacqueline, we are so lucky that it was like fully taboo to haze on. It just didn't really, it didn't happen. Yeah. I would not have been able to handle it. Even this, this isn't even that bad. I wouldn't handle it, but also like, I would be so annoyed by it. It's like, it's the same reason I can't go to like a Barry's boot camp class because I find it annoying when instructors yell at me. Like it's not motivating. It pisses me off. So I just don't do anything. And I feel like if someone was hazing me, you're so fucking annoying. Like I can't, I don't even want to be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, any type of hazing environment like always immediately makes me like really closed off. And like, I I think you're right. I would have just gone home. Why aren't they, why don't they want to be nice to me? Yeah. And also like, this just sounds so stressful. 15 minutes. So Sydney hears this sneezing in the bush (laughs) and he, the guy in the bush asks Sydney to help him. He said he was taking a walk home and then girls came running. So he jumped in the bush for cover And then she's like, well, you're a guy. What are you doing? I need you to be my date. And he's like freaking out. And he's like also like sneezing a lot, has like terrible allergies. And he also says he might throw up. And she kind of just like starts running with him and like dragging him basically. So it's about to be 12.15 and all the girls are in the diner and Sydney walks in right on time with her date. And Rachel is pissed because Rachel was obviously hoping that Sydney wouldn't make it. And this is also like a theme that starts appearing where like Sydney is the only one in the sorority who's like eating. Like at the diner, like no one really orders food, but Sydney's eating pie and everyone's just staring at her. And people are ordering like celery. Yeah, like at the diner. This is so unrealistic. Sorry, I just yelled. I woke up the cat. <laughs> like, this is a ridiculous, like, I mean, I get what they're trying to do, but 
And she's like licking the spoon and all the guys that are the dates are like staring at her in awe. Yeah, it's, there's a, there's a lot to unpack in that, those couple of frames. Uh, But basically Sydney asks her date about the vortex and he says it's a haven for people who don't have anywhere to go because they're all outsiders. And she's like, well, I know what that's like. But he says, um, you're a Kappa. No, you don't. You're but you're a Kappa. You're by definition very much an insider. Yeah, which I mean, from his perspective, I kind of get where he's coming from. Yeah. So then Rachel calls the girls over. They leave all the guys at the table. And she says, okay, the next task is the date dash ditch. She says, this year's unsuitable date belongs to Sydney, so you need to ditch him. And Sydney's like, okay, he's really nice, and he has a sinus infection. I can't ditch him. And he thinks yeah. he's getting glaucoma. Yeah. <laughs> and Also, Rachel- did we mention that his name is Leonard? No, I don't think I mentioned that yet. Yeah, his name is Leonard, and he goes by Lenny. Yeah, and he's clearly a hypochondriac. And he's sneezy, right? Mm-hmm. And so Rachel says, I don't make the rules. If being a Kappa is important to you, this is the price you pay, which scary. And so this is really sad. Sydney approaches him and he's like, oh, I ordered you more coffee. <gasps> ah, sad. It's hard to watch. And you can tell it's hard for Sydney to do this too. She doesn't want to do this, but she's like, I need you to meet me in the girl's bathroom. And he's like, uh, okay. And she says she'll meet him there. And then, so he's in the girl's bathroom and the doors, the door opens and this random woman walks in and she's like freaked out. So she hits him with her bag and he comes out of the bathroom and everyone has left. So he gets stuck with the check. So mean. Good thing no one ordered anything. (laughs) Yeah, true. He's just basically paying for Sydney's pie. So now we're in political science class and Sydney and Rachel are both in this class together. And uh, it doesn't make any sense because I know uh, Sydney's a freshman. (laughs) So Sydney's sitting in front of like a sleeping student who is also from the vortex. Uh, But he wakes up and then like knows the answer to the professor's question And there's also a guy with a puppet next to him. And then another guy next to him who's like mouthing all the words. And we learn that he's been at this school for eight years. So then the professor asks a question. I can't remember exactly what the question was. It was like, why do you think that the founding fathers were hesitant to have a direct democracy? Yes. And then Rachel answers the question and she starts defending an oligarchy. And everyone's like, huh wild take and then the professor calls on sydney and she's like i think that's underestimated underestimating the masses and overestimating the elites to which the professor responds excellent well she also says she goes south africa was an apartheid or, or south africa was a oligarchy and no one wants that again or sorry the apartheid was an oligarchy i messed up that quote but she's basically saying that what happened there was the result of the oligarchy and that's what he likes about it he's like oh star student immediately this is also the only professor at this school he's yeah. the only yeah. one see. every time there's like a representative from the school 
it's this professor this one poli sci professor he has as many jobs as rachel he really does like it's like you would think that this school is so small based on like how her and the professor are basically running the place uh but they're all this also sets the foundation for like this political kind of undertone for the movie so now there's a montage and i'll try to talk through this like as clearly as possible but a lot of these scenes happen very quickly um so now we see the kappas doing jumping jacks and rachel points a squirt gun at one of the girls and asks her when kappa was founded so they're like basically put on the spot while they're doing jumping jacks to answer kappa trivia and then we see the sisters eating breakfast mostly celery and like small amounts of food but then sydney approaches with a full glass of orange juice and kind of just like a normal amount of food but <laughs> the girls are all staring at her plate longingly and so sydney's like who wants breakfast and starts passing out her food so now the girls are in the living room and they're all in line for rachel who is holding up a makeup mirror and telling them what they need to fix about themselves. So she's saying one girl's pores are enormous. One girl needs whitening toothpaste. Uh, basically just like ripping apart their appearance. And then now we're back at Jumping Jacks. And Rachel asks Dinky what the founder of Kappa's hometown is. But she doesn't know. So Sydney like mimes it to her. I think it's Little Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like, yeah. Not, that anyone, not that anyone could see that. <laughs> this is also important that... Sydney mimes it here and she helps Stinky. Yeah, because uh, of course Rachel clocks it immediately. Yes. And so Rachel can't keep her eyes off Sydney. Wait, it's queer coded. I mean, I mean it be. <laughs> so then now we're back like in line with the mirror, and Rachel's telling Dinky to lose the hair. This isn't Dallas. And then she just goes, bye. Let Dinky be Dinky. Um, okay, now we have a quick scene where all the girls are just eating breakfast. So like Sydney's influence is clearly she they're Sydney's clearly influencing them. And they're all happy now. Like they're laughing at breakfast and talking to each other and getting along really well. Like before no one, it was all silence. And so now the actives, like the girls are all sleeping, the pledges, and the actives wake them up and say they have to clean the bathrooms of the beta house. And then now we're back at the uh, jumping jack squirt gun and Rachel approaches Sydney and asks, what are Kappa's colors? Sydney says green and white. And Rachel says wrong, emerald and pearl. (laughs) And then Sydney like kind of talks back to her and goes, sorry, I'm still learning how to speak Pris. And then like all the actives gasp and the pledges too. And they all attack her. Well, all the actives attack her with water guns. It's a show stopping line. So yeah, it stops their show. Now there's like, basically we're just switching between the cleaning bathroom scene and the girls eating breakfast. And we're basically just seeing Sydney become popular, like, and become well-liked among the girls. So Rachel holds up the mirror to Sydney and says, don't change a thing. Keep walking around looking just like that, which is like, it's like, she's clearly being so biting by saying like, I'm not even going to tell you what to change, but it's like weirdly kind of nice, I guess. Well, because of course, when we see the mirror over Sydney, her face looks perfect. It looks like airbrushed. (laughs) Yeah, it literally looks so good. And she's just keep on walking around with me exactly as you are. But yeah, it's like everybody kind of wants Rachel's approval and for her to cut them down to size. So now the girls are leaving the beta bathroom and Sydney runs into Tyler and he apologizes to her and she's like, it's okay. I spend a lot of time in bathrooms and then gets nervous and starts rambling because she realizes how awkward that sound. 
And then Rachel sees them and charges at them. And she tells Tyler, we had to take her. And then he's like, well, I think she's nice and cute. Out of pocket thing for Tyler to say to his ex-girlfriend. I guess it was middle school, but if you know she's very reactive, maybe just be like, it's fine. And he knows that she's also still really into him. (laughs) Right. So now the Vortex guys are arguing. They're like, we're like in the library, I think. And the Vortex guys are arguing over whether pirates or ninjas are cooler. And Sydney's returning some of her poly sci books. And the librarian is impressed that she's actually studying since she's a pledge. And Sydney then tells her that she has a scholarship to maintain. So we learned she's like on financial aid and also that she's smart. Also, it's Doyle from Gilmore Girls. Oh, one of the dorks. And another one of the dorks oh, was you're one right. of the, Another one of the dorks, Spanky, was one Neil. of the geeks. And yeah, Freak. Neil from Freaks and Geeks. Oh my gosh. Poor guy really got pigeonholed. I guess yeah. kind of Doyle too. Yeah, they were like, okay, geek. You could also do dork. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this was a big movie though at the time. So like, I'm sure they were just like, sweet yeah uh, a big movie i mean i guess maybe not maybe just for us yeah. for, for for us uh middle schoolers at the time then a vortex guy like charges out of the room after losing a battle i can't remember which one gherkin gherkin and so sydney approaches her date lenny uh from the date dash and she apologizes for leaving him in the bathroom and all the guys are like, what? And then she, he says, well, it's not surprising for a Kappa. And then he and his friends get up and leave. And she's like yelling after them. She's like, if it makes you feel any better, they threw baloney at us while we sang Celine Dion. <laughs> Which also, that's an important thing to note that she said that. So now Rachel is talking to all the pledges at the Kappa house and saying, it's been a long journey, but you're almost done. Tomorrow night is the is it presence? Presence? Presence. The presence dance where you'll be introduced as sisters. At the dance, the sisters will pass down their goals. Their goals? Their gowns. Their gowns. Why did I write down goals? <laughs> <laughs> They'll pass down their gowns. So, sorry, I was typing too fast. Um, <laughs> My goal for you, I will be passing on. So... <laughs> Rachel calls out the first name of like she's raffling she's raffling off the dresses like everybody gets an active dress for this dance or whatever and she starts with her own right yeah she's like whoever's getting me gets Milan's finest and she got Sydney's name and so Sydney's getting Rachel's gown and then we're in Rachel's room and uh Rachel's like telling Christy to check the hot or not list. Uh, and Ra- Rachel's also kind of like going through her closet to kind of like look for her worst dress. And Sydney also at this point is like, what's the hot or not list? That sounds dumb. And they explain to her like how important it is to them and like new people are never on it. Well, Rachel is downplaying it. Rachel is like, oh, it's just this dumb list that's like on the school's MySpace page. And then that's when Sydney's like, yeah, that does sound dumb. Mm. And Rachel's mad that she, like, you can see she's annoyed that 
the city, city doesn't yeah. care about it at all. Yeah. And then we learn here that Rachel's number one, but Sydney is on the list and she's 213. And Sydney's like, I thought you said new people never made it on. <laughs> yeah. And Rachel is pissed. And this. Oh, serious. Oh, sorry. This is where she then picks out the black dress. Which to... is like, it seem like it's going to be. It's like so a pretty weird. dress. Yeah. They make it seem like it's going to be. Okay. Also, though, and I think maybe I made this up in my head. I thought, and I think I was confusing it with what happens in What a Girl Wants. Because there's a scene where she gets an ugly dress in What a Girl Wants from her evil stepsister. And she rips it apart and makes it a hot dress. And I thought that that's, I was waiting for that to happen here. And I was like, did they take this scene out? But then I was like, oh, I think I like made up that that happens here. I do remember that. Um, you're like expecting it to be atrocious. Yeah, with how she hands it to her. It's like a a choir dress. Like it's not like the best dress, but it's not bad. Yeah, Um, it's good. She also like stands out from everyone because she's the only one in black, which is crazy. I feel like most formal dresses are black. (laughs) Yeah. And so then Tyler calls Rachel. I don't remember what happens on this phone call or do we even get to no, know? No, he doesn't call her. She gets a phone call and she says it's Tyler. Oh my gosh. Well, she fooled me too. <laughs> she's like, Tyler, babe. Hello. And then she's like, I need to take this. And she shoes everybody out of the room. Why would it not? Why is it not Tyler? She's saying that really loud so that they think like, so Sydney doesn't like thinks that she's with Tyler. I mean, I guess it could be, but it's like, she's just saying that. Like she's being like, oh, babe, Tyler. Like you can't see the phone. She's just acting. That makes a lot more sense. Cause I was like, why is he calling her? I was like, I thought he hated her. Yeah. Okay. So now the girls are preparing for the presents dance and it's like a debutante ball. It's like a full on it's like mm-hmm. at this beautiful ballroom with this big staircase where they're going to be like presented. And Sydney's dress is honestly fine. Like it looks good. Like, <laughs> I guess it was Rachel's worst dress in her uh, closet, but it looks good on her. It's a great dress. But of and... course she like stuns when she walks on the stairs. Everyone's like, <gasps> she's yeah, the last very Cinderella story moment. Everyone gasps and Tyler then asks Sydney to dance in front of Rachel, which like he is so into Sydney and Rachel is just like steaming. And I know I think that was kind of the nail in the coffin, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's what really starts to set Rachel off and her behavior becomes completely unhinged in moments. (laughs) Sydney starts rambling again. And like, he's really into it. Um, And like, he makes- oh, he loves that. What do I make you nervous? <laughs> and so, like all the girls get pinned. Uh, like we're pretty much presenting all the girls now. All the gowns have been passed. Sydney is last to go, and as Rachel's about to pin <laughs> her, she like announces. <laughs> The gowns have been passed. <laughs> Wait, I mean, I mean, the gowns have been passed, but they're currently wearing the gowns. <laughs> <laughs> the gowns were passed before the prison's ball. Uh, the goals were passed. Um, 
So Sydney's last to go and Rachel's like about to pin her, but then she announces that there's been a situation which she has to act as judge and jury because Sydney has been inappropriate. And there's like a gasp, like everyone stops like what they're doing and they're like, what? And even Sydney's like really confused. She's like, is this another like pledge ritual or like another hazing? And literally like the pin for Sydney is on the pillow. Like there is the extra pin on the pillow for Rachel to give to Sydney. So this was like entirely just like spur of the moment that she decided she's not letting Sydney in. Yeah, which now makes me your theory of like the dancing really being like the nail in the coffin. So she (laughs) accuses Sydney of being guilty of quote, bringing an unsuitable date to the date dash, cheating during the pledge quiz, and then telling a secret of during a, oh, telling like one of their secret hazing events to everyone. And then also lying about her dad, which I'm like, what? Like she's allowed to lie about her dad. She calls it lying about her background. Your dad's not a developer. He's a plumber. I just love in all of these shows and movies, like this happens all the time in Greek too. Like everyone cares so much what people's parents do. And it's like, I never cared about that in college. Like I never even thought about it. I don't know any of my friends' parents' jobs. I almost feel like in college, I didn't even remember that people even had parents. (laughs) You know what I mean? Especially especially the first few weeks of freshman year, you're just like, I'm trying to survive. Like, I don't care. Yeah. So this is also terrible, too. Uh, this is when Rachel digs into Sydney about what her mother got away with. That's so rude. Like, do not bring up her mother. And then Sydney, this is great. Sydney says, thank you for showing me what sisterhood is actually about. And she rips off the black dress. And she's, like, wearing, like, well, a black slip underneath. Because Rachel was like, I want my dress back. Oh, yeah. And she's like, you can have it. Um, but she, she was able body. to rip it. She was able to rip it very quickly. <laughs> and she throws it back to her. And... and it's perfect because what she has underneath it is like a bodycon black dress. Yeah, it's like really cute. It's like it's the skins dress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Sydney leaves the Kappa house. She like packs all her stuff. It's raining. And she goes to the Vortex. The dorks at the Vortex are playing some sort of like poker game. And they're having a great time. It looks cozy. Also, um, the puppet is killing me. Scoozer, I, I love, he reminds me of Theo, the dog I walk. He looks like Theo. He does. He kind of acts like him too. Yeah. It reminded me of like Lunette and Molly, like the, yeah. the, the puppet. Um, it's Theo's dream of being carried around everywhere. Oh my god, literally. The junior tiger guide wins the poker game. He's like basically in like a Boy Scout uniform. I can't remember his name. George. George. George, George wins. Apparently he always wins. Um, <laughs> Even though he doesn't know the rules. So he just shows everyone his cards and they're like, are you serious? You just won. Is he the one who says this? Or does someone else say, does anyone know of another word? No, that's, um. what's his name? The Doyle. <gasps> Doyle from Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Gherkin. Gherkin. Gherkin says, does anyone know another word for douchebaggery? I don't want to use it a third time. <laughs> um, yeah, we find out that in that scene that he has a blog called The People's Punisher. <laughs> oh, because that's what he's he's asking them about. Yeah. He's like, he's <laughs> blogging at the moment. One of them says something like, no one even reads your blog anyway. And he's like, The People's Punisher isn't about readers. It's about <laughs> opinions. He was- he was like ahead of his time, like blogging. 
Seriously. So the dork sees Sydney outside and Spanky is like, I'm going to go out and work my magic. (laughs) Uh, And then Lenny asks if they really made her sing Celine Dion. And like they see like how sad she is and they decide to let her in. And so all the guys are staring at Sydney and she basically gave up her dorm room to pledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why she doesn't have anywhere to go. Yeah. And that's when like the wall kind of like erupts. Like there's like a fuse that blows and like they have to like set it out. Like basically a, a mini fire has started. Like this house is falling apart. This house is crazy on the inside. I mean, it's like so obviously like a set. Like it looks like a set. Every yeah. part of it looks like a set. Like the even the walls that are broken have like these very specific. Um, yeah, it's like a like Disney ride. It, no, it's like I, exactly. Thank you. Like even the waiting area for a Disney ride, where like something was like pops out, or like there's something behind like a. Uh, yeah. Exactly. It reminds have- me kind of. Of like the Capitao house. Did you get that vibe a little bit? Oh, in a sense. It's less put together, but it had like a similar vibe to me. Dilapidated. Yeah, more of a death trap than Capitao. (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely falling apart more so. But they give Sydney a very dusty attic room. It's kind of like, honestly, once again, Cinderella's story coded. Like, she knows Mm -hmm. she lives in the attic. Uh, I, I wanted an attic room. It's I wanted cute. an attic room it's so cute. bad. I thought it was so cool. Like, Same with like the slanted ceiling. Yeah, the ceiling. I really liked the ceiling. I thought it was like a hideaway. I really thought that was cool. Yes. I wanted to just like go up there and like write in my journal. When, right in, yeah, the first page of like one of 50 journals that I just wrote in the first page of. <laughs> this is my journal and I'm going to write in it every day next journal this is my journal <laughs> I'm gonna rain it every day the Lenny comes in to check on Sydney like as she's kind of moving into her room and he gives her a scooby-doo nightlight and also offers her like a bunch of allergy meds and she's like oh thank you but like I don't need them but that's so sweet of you and he asks if she needs any special quote lady products what a weird thing to ask someone you've met now twice I know they're so weird to her about like being a woman. But I guess they just like the whole thing is that they have not encountered women. Like she was like the first girl they've ever talked to essentially. Lenny says Spanky really likes girls but doesn't know many. Um. Oh yeah because this is where Spanky also shows up in a silk robe and like that's what prompts him to say that. So now all the guys are staring at her sports bra, which is like hanging, drying. And they're like staring at it as though it's like in a museum, including the puppet. <laughs> Scoozer. <laughs> um, and Sydney's calling her dad and she can't break it to him that she got kicked out. But he can like, we get the idea that maybe he like hears it in her voice a little bit. He doesn't we'll press though. He doesn't press it. He's She's like, it was great. Yeah. And she's just yeah. kind of sad. The next day, the guys tell her that they can't get any repairs, like, at their house. That's why it's falling apart, because of the Greek system. Like, basically, like, the Greek system has taken all the money. And 80% of funding on campus is devoted to the Greek system. At that point, I was like, is this a socialist film? It kind of is a little bit. Oh, yeah. I feel like it it has undertones, for sure. Mm. The power to the pe- the seventh power, whatever. Like it's taking called. down the like the elites. 
Yeah. Underestimate. Yeah. It's eat the rich, underestimating the masses, giving the elites too much power. I underestimating the mass, underestimating the masses, overestimating the elites. She really yeah. thought she popped off at that line. We should get Bernie on the pod. <laughs> to talk about this movie. Karl Marx has been real quiet since <laughs> <Sydney White> started talking. <laughs> Basically, George also explains that they let ev- like they let Rachel do whatever she wants because she's scary, which is true. And now Tyler catches up to Sydney and he explains like he feels really bad about what happened during the presence ball. And he's like embarrassed on behalf of Rachel. He's like, Rachel is not my girlfriend. And he wants to prove to Sydney that not everyone in Greek is like her. That's when Sydney sees, uh, she's like, she tells him that she's busy jungling seven guys. And then she sees a student council or as a Greek council, like sign up sheet. Sorry, did you say that, did you say this was happening on campus? Oh no. Yeah. This is like happening in like the main courtyard. Yeah, this is like campus. a day or two later and she's on campus and Tyler comes up to her and it is for student council. It's not for Greek council. And she Got goes it. up. Yeah, and she was, and she says, "I need seven applications." Yes, yeah, so we're getting the idea that she's like going to nominate them for student council. So Rachel and her posse are tanning. Like we see someone, they're like on a pier. Uh, uh, this is where I was like, "Where is this?" Yeah, they're scrolling the hot or not list, and Sydney is now twenty-one, and the other girls are like kind of amused that this is happening, but Rachel is not, and uh. Rachel is like so mad that she has to start using like her calming words, which are Prada, Gucci, Chanel. Oh yeah, the soothing words. Um, but they're not really helping her as much as they used to. And so she shoves a random guy into the lake. Uh, so now Sydney's at the vortex and she tells the guys about student council and they all start laughing, including the puppet Scoozer. And then the ceiling falls on George's head and Spanky decides that he's in and Sydney's like starting to use her comic book references to get the men all hyped up. She's their criminal glue specialist. Is that like a comic book thing? I thought she said she was their campaign manager. Does she use a different it's word? It's a for reference. Uh, I don't know what they're referencing. It's like maybe what I, I guess that's comic books. Comic books. Yeah. It's hard when like I I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I was like a little lost here as well. Like I sadly like never really been into comic books. So none of them want to run for president, but they agree on Terrence, who's the one who's been there for like eight years. They all say not it. And Terrence is doing something else. So he has to do it. And then we have like a campaign montage and like Sydney's helping. There's like, there is an exchange student who is like always sleeping it's um, MLA. Yeah, and so he's always sleeping because he's he's effectively sleepy the from the original fairy tale. Well, and- he's from I forget where he's from. Um but like essentially he moved there and he never got on the right time even though he moved 3 years before. So he's always sleeping and Sydney's like changing his clock to help him adjust to the time zone. And George is getting his tiger badge. Like we're really seeing the force. He's learning how to, he can't get the tiger badge because he's learning, he doesn't know how to tie a knot. That's so he has to wear Velcro shoes. So Sydney's teaching him how to tie knots so he can finally become a, instead of a junior tiger guide, a full tiger guide. I I do start to feel a little bit weird Uh character. It's um, very reminiscent almost of, even like the Hawk, like what we were saying about Aquamarine, like how they like infantilize her. 
Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of that happening in, in this era. With, with George. Yeah. I, I feel like that's something that like nobody really thought about for some reason. Because he was really cute at first. It was like, oh, and then it's like, oh, what are they doing? And then Sydney decides to bring them all to the gym to like start socializing, like meeting people. I think she just wants them to do what normal college students do. Well, she, she wants them to get their name out there. Yeah. So she brings them to talk to a few people and uh Lenny's like well on Saturdays we usually play fantasy video games and then reenact them <laughs> and like um they like show a flashback of them doing it and it fun. I know honestly it looked more fun than just being at this random gym mm-hmm. uh the gym was nice the gym was that, really that nice. gym is burned in my memory I yeah. always think of that gym when I think of school gym. It, it really does feel like like a college, like a true college gym. It was really big. Like, why do they need the Witchburn Prince Greek Life Center if they have that nice of a gym? Yeah. So the men, uh, the men of the Vortex are pretty resistant to this. Uh, and Scoozer drops a weight while spotting George Scoozer the puppet. Um and Spanky's trying to impress one of the women and it's so awkward like she's like using one of the machines and he's like being really creepy it's like the thigh machine yeah it's uh really I like that scene and then like the one of the tvs in the gym goes on and we see rachel's campaign trailer playing it's kind of like the legally blonde uh i feel like this school has like a school tv channel because yes. they're watching it later yeah it's always on yeah. <laughs> Wait, but going back to what we were saying earlier about Rachel being like if Franny was unchecked, this reminded me, I actually think it's what would have happened if Rebecca had gone fully unchecked. Oh. Like, I feel like her tendencies mm. are more dictator. Yeah, because it's like a playful witchiness. Mm. Franny is like, uh uh-uh. uh. Hmm. Anyway. Interesting. Yeah, so now we are in Rachel's room and she is doing a face mask. She gets the hot or not alert. I guess it like comes in and updates every day, which if you were so used to being number one, you would think you just would be like, oh, whatever, I'm still number one probably. But she has to check right when the alert goes off. And so she clicks on her computer and she sees that, yes, she is number one, but Sydney is number two. And she tries for her soothing words, Prada, Gucci, whatever, isn't working. So now we're at a football tailgate and the Vortex guys, like the, they are calling their like political movement, um, freedom to the seventh power. And they have a booth (laughs) and um, no one's really coming to the booth. And Sydney's like, I was worried about this. And so she yells out free drinks and a huge line comes and they're serving up burgers to everyone. They're giving out free drinks. There's a huge line and Dinky approaches the front of the line and she has very straight hair now, slick, straight hair. Dink. I know. And she's very subdued and she kind of has less of an accent. It's a little yeah. like less noticeable. And she apologizes to Sydney for everything that happened. And Sid- I, I don't feel like Sydney was ever mad at her. 
Um, and then Lenny appears and asks about his gluten-free soy patty. And Sydney's like, yes, Lenny, the green one is yours. And Dinky is so excited by this. And is like, do you have another one? And Lenny and her lock eyes and there are fireworks. Chemistry. Chemistry. And he's like, you're gluten-free. And she was like, my whole life. <gasps> this was cute. This was so cute. And also like ahead of the curve on the gluten-free thing. So, um, which I didn't think that burgers were gluten or had gluten in them. Well, I think some soy ones could have wheat. So maybe if they're vegetarian, they can't have, like they already would have to be vegetarian. Right. And then they would be eating. Because sometimes they put like filler. Right, 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 right. So they they would have to be having these as an alternative to meat, but then they can't have the regular veggie patties because those have gluten in them. Okay. That's a bit complicated. But anyway, um, they just are hitting it off, but they are interrupted by Rachel of course, she's like, Dinky, our booth is over here. And she immediately confronts Sydney. Like she cannot leave this girl alone. And Rachel tells her non-Greeks never win the student council. And Sydney says, yeah, just like you said, new people never make it on the hot or not list. And that's when Rachel says, we're leaving. And Dinky has to say goodbye. But when they walk away, Sydney looks at Lenny and I was like, you know that she was flirting with you. We love and, a short queen and a tall nerd king. Mm-hmm. They're very sweet. Like they, they immediately have like the right energy for each other. Mm-hmm. And then we see this group of guys like chanting, like walking around and chanting. And they're saying like, who's going to win? And people are, I forget what their mascot even is. Or like if they're just saying like, we are. And then they go up to Terrence and they're like, who's going to win? What? Oh, sharks. And then Terrence says, um, well, I'm actually anticipating a double digit loss. <laughs> and the guys are like, oh. Okay. <laughs> and they kind of walk away. And one of the guys in the group says, I think I graduated with that guy. And we see Rachel overhear this. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so back at the booth, the guys are like standing around and a frisbee comes out like someone throws a frisbee and it lands next to them and Sydney says go ahead throw it back and George tries to throw it and it hits uh Rachel right in the head and Tyler sees this and smiles Tyler is such a strange character it's like Tyler what is your mo here well the things that he's turned on by (laughs) women getting in the hit in the head by frisbees hammers rambling <laughs> rambling <laughs> um so now we're in the library and sydney is at like a little cubicle like a little study desk and she's studying and she sees her mom's name and the year carved into the desk among the other names and she smiles to herself and then she's interrupted by this guy that comes up and lays a rose on her desk and starts singing and then a bunch of guys come and it's like all of these pledges and they're singing a cappella, and they're dropping off roses one by one on the desk. And Sydney is like, you have the wrong desk. And they just keep singing away. And Tyler Prince appears and he's singing too. And isn't, it, isn't she lovely? I think so. 
It this, is, yeah. This is the scene where she's making faces that you make. This is the scene? <laughs> the way she's looking at him. Like, she's shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. So then he's like, go on a date with me. And she's like, uh, and he goes, if you don't say yes, I'm going to keep singing. And he starts to sing again. And she's like, okay, fine. Pick me up at seven. And I thought this would be for like a date night event or something. He's just asking her out. She's asking her out, pulling out all the stops. And I can't wait to talk about where he takes her. <laughs> I have I have a lot that I'm going oh, to Oh my god, I almost I forgot. Yeah, Aaron's been conserving her energy for this. So he's gonna pick her up at seven. Now we go back to the ver- the vortex, not vertex, the vortex. And Sydney is trying on fits for the date and she is not having luck. She comes out in a Barbara Walters skirt suit and the guys are like, you cannot wear that. Absolutely not. Seriously. And Lenny is like, you have to have been on a bunch of dates. Like, why is this any different? And she's like, I have as much dating experience as you guys, which they can't believe. And then she comes out in a hideous smock yellow shirt and the guys are like okay we really do need our help and George is like purple is really pretty and they help her pick out an outfit so then we see Tyler waiting downstairs and all of the guys are kind of like trying to intimidate him Terrence is saying that three-fourths of first dates end in disappointment which feels like an accurate (laughs) poll yeah and like Gherkin is saying how he can register Tyler as a sex offender and like all of them are threatening him and then Sydney walks down the stairs and it's true she's all that moment and she's in just like a classic Hollister fit Mm. like a head like a layered purple cami an open short sleeve gray sweater and a jean skirt this whole movie she wears like Abercrombie and Hollister clothing I like apparel that I remember specifically being in the stores like I remember that gray sweater specifically <laughs> and she wears like this open like empire waist sweatshirt oh like zip up hoodie a lot and I wanted that so bad I remember seeing it in a store and it was like a bunch of different colors and it had a weird tie like right under your boobs and I thought it was really cool and she wears that a lot in the, this uh movie I love how you remember that I I remember my friend had that specific like zip up hoodie and I was like, that's so cool. And then I, so chic. And then I saw Sydney White wearing it and I wanted it even more. So she comes downstairs and he's like, wow. He's like, you look beautiful. And she's smiling, but then the wall catches on fire and he has to put it out and they leave. And they pull up to a church and Jesse McCartney is blaring through the speakers <laughs> Of Tyler's yeah. convertible. Not not the only Sarah Paxton movie that we get a Justin McCartney original song. No. Uh it is wait, was it in Halloween, Halloween Town? Town. Oh. <laughs> How could I forget? Um, so they pull up and Cindy's like, What? You're trying to convert me on our first date? And he's like, No, no. And they go inside and it's like a um this is probably not the PC term. A soup kitchen, wrong to say. What would we call this? Yeah, I think, yeah, there. Yeah, so it's okay. like a, because it's not a homeless shelter. It's like, like they are feeding people dinner. Yeah. Uh, and 
Sydney's like, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe like you're taking me here. Like she could not believe he's willingly doing this. It's so awkward. And guess who's there? The poli sci teacher. Of course. Like what? I was so confused when I saw him there. I was like, have we seen him before? I was like, oh yeah, he's the political science professor. Yeah, because we've only seen him the one time at this point. So his presence is like, he could have been anybody. I guess they had to put him in because it's the only school person. I don't know. It was so weird that he was there. And um, he's like, yeah well he has to be or like he had to be here to work that infraction off of his record and Tyler like is like to Sydney he says yeah a couple of the betas and I got into trouble and um then he walks away to go serve some people some bread and Sydney says to the poli sci teacher she's like oh so do my like my hours worked count towards Tyler Tyler's time or whatever and the poli sci teacher is like, oh, he finished over a year ago. We just can't get rid of him. And um, then they're on the roof, Tyler. Wait, this oh. is where I need to step in. Okay. Because they like have a shot of her reaction and she like is like seeming like kind of impressed. She's like, mm, okay, and this is such an egg for me. Like, <laughs> I feel like him showing her that as a date, like, come watch how generous I am. And it reminds me of, I know a few people who I haven't seen any super recently, but who will post pictures of them doing good things for, like, an unhoused person or something. Like, literally, I've seen some of the most egregious things. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. this is what it reminds me of yeah like it's just like know, look how look how selfless I am right I think that whole scene where he's like oh we can't get rid of him he's supposed to be a year ago is supposed to or he was supposed to be done a year ago is supposed to be like oh he's doing this and he doesn't even have to but then he's showing you that he's doing this and he doesn't even right. have to so it completely yeah. defeats the purpose of On doing it you don't have he to he asked her through acapella song and it's their first date <laughs> it's yeah. their first date well then it gets even worse because they're on the roof eating dinner and Sydney is kind of talking about how she thought being a kappa would make her feel close to her mom and she's like he's or Tyler says like oh she's still with you okay and Sydney says, yeah, I feel her like all around. I found her name on my study desk. She asked Tyler if he brings all of his dates there. And then they proceed to make fun of just like every girl. Like Tyler's like, yeah, I definitely bring everyone here. And then he mimics a girl's voice. And he's like, oh my God, Tyler, there's not even a Mater D. And then Sydney chimes in and she's like, oh my God, Tyler, like, I forget what she even says. Oh, the this plastic plate is hurting my hands. Oh yeah, yeah. This plastic plate is hurting my hands. They do and it's it like, like lest we forget, Tyler, you're talking about people you've actively asked out. Yes, and dated. So well, this is when it becomes like I'm just not like other girls isms. Yeah. And um also like, yeah, maybe people would be thrown if you do that on a first date because it, it's not a typical first date 
thing to do. <laughs> I um, would be like, I would be like, this is weird. You're trying. It wouldn't be about not wanting to do that. No, not at time all. To do that, it would be like, this is so strange. Like, what are you trying to prove? It would be like, what are you? Yeah, what? Like, what's your angle? What are you trying to hide? Mm-hmm. So they're just like falling in love um, over making fun of other women, and. Oh, and- he drops her back off at uh the vortex they're standing outside they're staring into each other's eyes seems like they're about to kiss we see spanky on the balcony looking at them with binoculars watching them and as they're about to kiss the balcony breaks and he falls off sydney walks back inside with spanky and she's like because you were spying i'm not going to tell you about my date and the guys are all upset i would be so mad so Tyler, re- yeah, you're not getting the tea. So Tyler returns to his room, which is weirdly like a dorm room, even though he definitely lives in the beta house. It's like so small and dorm room like. And and he when he opens the door, Rachel is sitting at his computer and he says, what are you doing here? And she's like, besides checking your boring emails, waiting for you. <laughs> I kind of love that. Yeah. And she knows immediately. She knows everything. She knows immediately that he's been out with Sydney. Later, she knows that they went to the, like the food, oh, food bank. That's what it would be called. Later, she knows that they were at the food bank and she asks him like, are you really going to throw this all away for like one date? He's like, oh, oh no, that's at the end. Sorry. Um, She's like yelling at him for going out with her and saying that like, he can't lose sight of what they need, which is the witch burn prince greek life center (laughs) and he tells her not to worry about it like they have no chance of winning the election but you know they need to just find another place to put the center because there are people that actually want to live in the vortex as if this didn't occur to him before when people were living in there but yeah he's like we'll just find a new location it's not that big of a deal this that place should be condemned anyway like it's not worth fighting for he kind of says that as like a throwaway comment and then um, she's like, really? You're throwing this all away after one date? And he says, it was a hell of a date. And he <laughs> closes the door on her. So now we're at the Vortex and the group is watching, I guess, the campus news. And that's when they announce, like the journalist or whoever it is, is saying how Terrence is also running against Rachel. And then we see on campus, some people are looking at some of the freedom to the seventh power posters and one guy is like wow I might actually vote this year and Rachel comes up and like stalks up and pushes the person out of the way and tears the sign down and so now we're at the Kappa house and Rachel arrives and as soon as she's walking by everyone is shutting off uh like closing their computers like one after another She's trying to get to her room and people keep trying to stop her and be like getting her to look at something. Um, Finally, she gets in her room and her one friend or her friends literally tackle her before she can get to her computer. And she finally like wiggles the mouse and she's able to see that Sydney is the number one hottest girl on campus. Uh Uh-oh. Yikes. And they say, do you want to do your soothing words? And she says, I don't want my soothing words. I want Sydney to die a social death. So now we're at the vortex and um, 
Tyler has like knocked on the door to pick Sydney up for a date and the guys are like really defensive about him still and like really hate him for kind of no reason and when he comes in he's like says ask Sydney if she's ready she says I have a better idea let's all hang out together and order pizza so Tyler's on board for hanging out with the guys and he asks like what video game they're playing and Gherkin says this is Gherkin of Honor a video game I made and I guess he's combined all these other video games together and Tyler says that he's pretty good at video games they play at the beta house and so Gherkin lets him play and then we see them everybody's watching in astonishment as Tyler beats Gherkin and Gherkin of Honor um and then he invites the guys he's like we should we should bring this over to the beta house one night And so then he invites everybody to the beta house and he says, we're having a party tomorrow night. So why don't you just come for that? So then we are at the beta party and they're playing some original Rihanna. Do you remember this song? I love this song. Terrence, like the whole group, the whole gang's there. Terrence is like, do you think the DJ will play the Doctor Who theme song? And (laughs) I was like, "Uh, probably not. (laughs) <laughs> okay I brought because I probably I brought my own and he literally brought the CD for him to play so um so Tyler invites the needed dance and Rachel is watching from the balcony of the house and she is pissed Terrence walks up to the keg and some guy is just getting down and he's like okay I'm gonna go and he hoists himself up into a full-on like headstand that's a lot of oh. core power. And he, like, no one else is touching him. He puts the, like, the thing in his mouth and just starts going. It says, start counting. And so they're counting. And as Tyler and um, Sydney are dancing, she's like, oh, I'm kind of worried about the guys, but, like, I haven't heard anything. And Tyler looks over her shoulder and sees Terrence, like, finishing. He's like, I think they're okay. And they look over and <laughs> Terrence has done a 155 second cake stand. Unreal. And he's fine. He's completely fine. Um, And then Dinky runs into Lenny and she's like, I love your new hair. At some point he's gotten this like very lovely shag haircut. This is when I thought he was bashful. Yeah. Mm, I could see that. And that's Rachel's minions rip her away before they can continue flirting. Rachel's minions come up and they pull Dinky away from Lenny and they're like Rachel wants to see you so she has to leave and then they're alone with the guys and suddenly there's like full on seven of them and they go seven of us seven of you what does that sound like and Terrence says 14 (laughs) and they say a party and that's when they say um there's a hot tub outside you guys should go meet us out there get unchanged we'll be naked too we'll meet you there and you know immediately leave your clothes in this specific location also in this moment i got mad at lenny why like lenny you're so easily swayed by these naked women when dinky was here moments before and there's real chemistry there true i know it, that is kind of gross the guys are like walking outside and um they we see like at the same time Sydney and Tyler are like grinding on one another 
And suddenly the lights outside turn on and everyone turns and all the guys are naked and everyone's pointing and laughing. This is literally a nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, it's so bad. It's so, so, so bad. People are pointing and laughing at them and everyone, all the guys flee except for Terrence who continues to stand there. And Rachel comes up to revel in what she's done, her evil deed. Sydney says that it's a new low for Rachel. But Rachel says, um, I want to be the first one to tell you, by the way, that Terrence is disqualified because he graduated (laughs) six years ago. And Terrence is still outside and he's like, there was so much more to learn. But that also means it only took him two years to graduate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just loves learning. It makes sense, kind of, that it would take him only two years. So um, they leave, like, dejected. Oh, well, first, Rachel is thinking, she, like, acts like Tyler knew about this whole thing. She says, like, Thank you to Tyler for playing your part so well. Now the Witchburn Prince Greek Life. They gotta change that name. It's so long. It's so bad. The Witchburn Prince Greek Life Center is gonna become a reality. And she says, "Thanks to your advice, I got the house condemned." Mm-hmm. And he tries to explain to Sydney, but she's obviously not having it. They run away. As would I. Um, she says oh my god Rachel says to Sydney now you can feed the homeless every night we didn't even hear that I didn't really really horrific um yeah so when Sydney runs away Rachel turns to uh Tyler and says don't grovel so weird so then they get back to the The thing she says (laughs) It's like a deeply unnecessary line. Don't grovel. She's so scary. I know, she is. Um, George was right when he said that. So they're back at the Vortex and they're staring at like the condemn sign, like the like fire marshal notice. And Gherkin says, things are looking grim, brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cute. Um, and they kind of blow up on Sydney. They're like, you should have just left us alone. Like, okay, you guys are the ones who were like naked women will go. But also it would have happened without her there. Like right. it, either she was there and the house got condemned two weeks earlier or it got torn. Like it was gonna happen. Right. But they're upset. So um Sydney's like, no, like you have to stand up for yourselves against the Greeks. And Lenny was like, it's also important for us to have a place to live, which fair point. So then Sydney's in her room and she's staring longingly at a picture of her and her mom when she was little. She calls her dad and he has one of those voicemails that's like a trick voicemail. It's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and then he's like, I had one meeting. of these. <laughs> of course you did. I had one of these. Wait, I did too. And then my dad made me change it immediately. I had it for like one night and he was like, you cannot. That's so, like, you're not allowed to have that. And Wait, I, I want to hear something weird. So my best friend, Emma, had that too. And it was just hello. And then wait. And the day that I was planning on watching Sydney White, I was for some reason thinking about that during the day. I was like, that was so weird that Emma had that voicemail. And then he had it. <gasps> Whoa. Oh it's so funny because it would have been around this time too. Like I was in Same. Yeah. middle school when I tried. She had that. it through high school. 
Okay. It was so it was so frustrating because she was also hard to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the worst. Even when people, even when people have like voicemails that are like, "Hello, this is," and then like even if there's a, a brief pause, I start talking. Same. Mm-hmm. Um. So she calls her dad, and she ends up leaving him a voicemail, and she's like, "I miss you," but like everything's great here. She's still not telling him, which I don't know why. Um, he especially because. Yeah, and she doesn't have a place to live. So, like, where does she think she's going to go? Um, So, all of the guys are packing up a truck, like, a, a moving truck. And George can no longer tie a knot because he's so stressed out. And- <laughs> I mean, I don't like him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Come on. I know. Leave uh, it up. <laughs> Aqua not being able to eat... Uh, <laughs> so then um so then they drive away and when the moving truck moves it reveals sydney's dad outside of his plumbing vehicle and they they are walking along the same weird dock her and her dad and he's like i got your voicemail and i drove through the night i knew something was wrong which is very sweet i, I mean i think it's within reason to wait to get a hold of your daughter again before you drive through the night based on a tonal shift in a voicemail right and it actually like comparatively her tone didn't seem like that different from other times that she no she kind of like always has like a little bit of like a sensitive tone she has cry voice like you know when people always sound like they're on the verge of tears she always kind of sounds like that in this movie she admits like she said I just you know didn't want to tell you I wasn't in Kappa because I also felt like I was failing my mom and letting go of all of that then it would be like admitting defeat or whatever and he says it's not about doing the same things as her mom but it's about being the same kind of person and they hug and they have a kumbaya moment and it's all very sweet so then we see the vortex guys staying at a motel all in one bedroom by the way and sydney knocks on the door and someone answers it and she barges in she's like wake up it's time to make some plans we can't let rachel win she gives him this long pep talk she's like are you really gonna let someone win who doesn't even know who gandalf is and she re-energizes the guys and she says she is going to run against Rachel. I cannot believe it took this long to just decide on her running. I know. Time. I had that same thought. I was like, why didn't she just offer to do this like weeks ago? I suppose because she wasn't like permanently living in the house at that point. I don't know. <laughs> True, I guess. So but then we get wouldn't have worked for the plot. Yeah. Then we get a beautiful 2000s montage. First, we're in the library or some kind of computer lab, and we see a bunch of ads of Sydney playing. She's like, hi, I'm Sydney White, and it's like going from each computer. Then, simultaneously, the poli-sci teacher is announcing this big midterm paper. Of course, he has something to say. He's back. He's back. (laughs) Then, Sydney is like, we see her, or he's announcing this big final paper, and it's going to be about, like, I think campaigning yeah and um like how to win voters kind of thing and then we see her ad playing at the gym then we see Sydney campaigning at different groups she's at the Hawaiian club she's at the ROTC then we're back to the poli-sci teacher 
he's talking and he's like talking about how Kennedy won, even though he was the first Catholic president, he was an outsider and he reached out to other outsiders and galvanized people to vote for him. And then we see Sydney at like, I think it's the Jewish club, the marching band, the poetry club. Like she's at all these different clubs. She's in the ad. She's telling everyone that it's time for them to be heard. And she's there to listen. So then the boys are walking like with the little freedom to the seventh power signs one by one. And they're walking past Rachel at the Kappa house, handing out flyers. And they say, hi, ho. And then George says, bye, ho. (laughs) Which I'm not for calling women hoes, but it was a funny reference. Mm -hmm. So now on campus, all the Vortex guys and Sydney are nailing signs into the ground. And this girl comes up to Gherkin and she's like, oh my God, I love your shirt. Do you read the People's Punisher? He's like, I write it. And she totally freaks out. She's like, I swore that if I ever met the guy that wrote the People's Punisher, well, I'd hook up with him. And this is just Gherkin's best day ever. And of course, what's his name? Snacky? Snappy? Spanky. Spanky. <laughs> right. <laughs> Spanky's very upset by this. Um, so Sydney, oh my God. <laughs> Sydney's trying to put her sign in the ground. And Tyler shows up holding a hammer and she's, he like tries to apologize, but she stops him. And she's like, is that the Stanley 4,000 hammer? And he's like, yeah. And she goes, can I touch it? And she goes, he, or he says, you can have it. And she's so happy. She's hammering her sign into the ground and he loves her even more. he's a chambers knockoff she like accepts his apology at this point he's like i had no idea what rachel was doing she twisted all my words around and sydney says she has a habit of doing that and he says you'll be great at the debate tomorrow so that's how we find out that tomorrow is this big debate between her and rachel so now we see Rachel and I don't know what this is supposed to be. If it's a motel, if it's like, it's very creepy. It's like giving like underground, something's happening underground club. Like she's walking by all these shady figures clutching her coach purse. And she knocks on this very ominous. In Shrek 2 when the king goes to find Puss in Boots. 100%. Yeah, this was very random. And she goes and knocks on this scary door and this guy answers and you see in the background he has just like tons of computers. (laughs) And she's like, do you want to do a little business? And she she goes into the room. So then we're back at the motel and Sydney is just making some last minute additions to her poli side paper because she wants to add in some of the campaign ideas she's been using. And Lenny says, you really are a nerd. And suddenly Sydney gets an email that says important election information attached. So she clicks the attachment. Fishing 101, if this was work, she'd have to complete a two hour. Oh my God. I was just going to say, this reminds me of when I did fail the fishing test at my old company and they made me retake the training. (laughs) I've clicked the fishing email like three times and I've had to take it. Now I don't, now I ask people all the time. Even today, I got like an I-9 verification thing. Yeah. This legit, guys? They're like, yes, 
It's legit. I delete every, like, I literally just, I like delete them all. And then unless someone like says like later, oh, you have to fill this out. I'm like, okay, if you tell me twice, then I actually know it's real, but I'm not <laughs> taking that two hour module again. No. Um, so her computer immediately goes blank and it's like, you have been hacked. And we see, we cut to the hacker talking to Rachel and he says, um, she opened the email and then Sydney's computer says, your hard drive is being erased. And the hacker looks at, uh, Rachel and says, that's one poisoned apple. Dun, dun, dun. Creative. And Rachel pays him in a big box of frozen Hot Pockets, question mark? Yeah, interesting. I guess like a college student. Yeah, Sydney is sitting there like fully like dead in the eyes looking at her now wiped computer, which would be horrible in college. This happened to me, but thankfully it wasn't during like finals or anything. And it was towards like my end of my senior year so doctor. She really didn't matter that much, but it was brutal. It wasn't a hacking. As a poisoned computer. apple. No, it was just one of those Macs that yeah. was so old that it starts like basically smoking. And then one day it just. Yeah, that happened to me too. A rotted Thank apple. For Google Docs now because I don't, I can never. Thank God. I don't even have Word. No, I don't either. Pages to open <laughs> shit. Yeah. So Sydney's like, I can't let Rachel win. I'm going to pull an all-nighter. So she's in the library and she's work, work, working away on her paper and she's working until the sun comes up. We see her finally submit the paper via email and um, then they're at the debate. Like the sun is like, it's fully the next day. They're at the debate and the announcer, which is the poli sci teacher, because he is the only teacher, the only adult person, like full grown adult at the school is this teacher. And he says, all candidates, make your way to the stage. The guys are freaking out. They can't find Sydney. And I'm pretty sure Tyler overhears this. So then through the window of the library, we see Sydney, who's asleep in her chair. And Tyler comes up and he's trying to wake her up. It's so weird how she won't wake up in this scene, too. Like, he's like, Sydney, wake up. And she's like, having paralysis. Yeah, she is having sleep paralysis. So to fix that. He kisses her. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a miss for me, but I get why they had to do it. Is yeah, it Sleeping Beauty? Oh, no. but I guess the poisoned apple. Oh I my god, it's... wait, that is Sleeping Beauty. It's no, not... They do it also in, in Snow White. After she eats the poisoned oh, apple. And they do it twice. Yeah. There's a lot of kissing of unconscious women and um and women who can't speak or give consent and you know. Oh my god. She goes, I'm awake now, which is like a <laughs> classic Amanda Bynes line. Like that really does feel. Mm-hmm. And so now we're at the debate and Polly Sci Professor's hosting. He's like, I guess, you know, Miss White is nowhere to be found. We can't wait any longer. Sydney busts through the doors just in the nick of time. We get a shot of Dinky and she's smiling and her hair is starting to curl again. There's a little curl to it. It's not as voluminous as before, but there's a curl, a wave. And uh, Sydney makes her way to the stage. The professor asks Rachel the first question. What would you do differently if you get another term as president? Rachel says, why would I fix what isn't broken? And that's when 
the professor asks Sydney for her rebuttal and the whole crowd boos her. And Rachel turns to her and says, looks like your people didn't show up. But of course, right as she says that, a huge group of people bust through the doors. It's the band. It's all the clubs. It's the goth girl that likes Gherkin. And she gives him a wink. Everybody's there. The band is playing this jovial song. It's very exciting. Sydney lights up. She says, for years, everyone has been oppressed by the Greek elites. And it's time for the rest of them to take back the school. She said that she met so many people that she would have never met because she had been stuck in her own world. And all she had wanted to do was be accepted. But then she finally realized that everybody's dorks. <laughs> and they all cheer for this sentiment. She's like, my name's Sydney White. My dad's a plumber. I collect comic books. <laughs> and I'm secretly terrified of balloon animals. I'm a dork. And this sets off a classic 2000 movie string of announcements. Classic. It, it, why was this in so many movies? It was such like, a thing. I know. And so uh, Tyler stands up and he goes, I'm Tyler Prince. I'm the high scorer in Gherkin of Honor. And I'm a dork. Spanky, For me, that rang true. Yeah. Spanky stands up. <laughs> Spanky is like, I've never had sex before, but I really want to. <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy stands up and he talks for the first time and he takes off the puppet and he says, for years, I only spoke through my puppet. I'm a dork. The mean football player Beta, whose name is, we find out is Moose, stands up and says he used to be a figure skater, a nationally nationally ranked figure skater. Isn't that cool? Yeah, super cool. I'm jealous of that. I really wanted to be a figure skater when I was younger. Same. Then one of Rachel's BFFs stands up. I don't know her name, but it's one of her little cronies. And she said that she's hated Rachel ever since Rachel told her that she had mom arms and that she has a voodoo doll of Rachel that she sticks pins in. And there's kind of like a silence. And she's like, and I'm a dork. And everybody <laughs> cheers. And finally, Dinky stands up and says, I think I'm in love with a dork. Dink. It's so pure. And Rachel storms off the stage. She's so mad. But waiting behind the stage is all of the Kappas. And they basically just chew her out dinky says that rachel's exhibit she they throw the speech that she gave to sydney at presents right back in her face they mm -hmm. say that she has exhibited behavior that is unsuitable for a kappa and they rip the pin off of her chest and they all like walk away in a mob and she's left there leaving one last blood curdling scream <laughs> she can really like belt she screamed so many times in this movie. So now I am guessing we fast forwarded in time because we see this school newspaper someone is reading on the stoop or like the sidewalk of the vortex. And it says that Sydney and the freedom to the seventh power, they've won. Um, everyone is working together to fix up the vortex. George is once again tying knots. Lenny and Dinky are planting flowers and they kiss and they're in love. And Gherkin and his goth girlfriend are also working in the garden and they're in love. And Spanky is momentarily feeling alone. Oh, Jer Jeremy is wearing an iconic Life is Good shirt. 
Oh my God. I forgot remember the chokehold those shirts yes. had us. 100% could not escape them. And this car, this like green VW bug pulls up with a bunch of girls who ask for Spanky's help because they're <laughs> lost. And they're like very seductive. And he's like, okay, I just need to get ready. And they're like, we'll wait. And seems as if all of his dreams are about to come true. And then Terrence walks up in this very spiffy, spiffy suit. And he tells everyone that he has finally perfected his probability theory, which can predict anything. And so he sold it to iBet.com for $10 million. <laughs> and everyone cheers and they're so happy. They congratulate Terrence, which I'd like, Terrence, you want to move back in? buddy pal so um then Tyler walks by and Sydney whistles at him and he like plays it off and they laugh and kiss and they're also in love and Dinky says like let's get a picture and she gets all the guys including Tyler I'm like you're not in this Tyler yeah <laughs> but all the guys Tyler take the picture and Dinky and let Dinky in it right and then she takes it on her little digital camera and then we hear the voiceover of Sydney once again and she's putting the photo in her mom's memory box this is cute she says my mom was right I did make friends for life and she said we all lived dorkily ever after mm. the end so cute and we made it we did it we did it, it a, long, well, a long road it was a journey for sure for me but <laughs> <Two and a half. laughs> for sure for me. I liked the film <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what it got on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think it did very well. I feel like I looked it up. <laughs> oh, you don't think? <laughs> I, I saw on one website it was like given an A minus, which is like actually pretty good, but it was given a thirty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but a seventy oh. percent audience score. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say thirty five percent tomato meter, but. Out of 250,000 audience ratings, it's a 70. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, well, I guess we will see you guys not next week, but the week after. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for joining us on this. Oh, my God.